This is The Drive with Dale Lally and Matt Williamson on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR. Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome to the drive. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. Matt, uh, it's uh, we're get, we're two weeks out uh, today from the start of the new league year. Oh wow, I hadn't thought of that. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. You know, I mean, things are heating up a little. You know, things like JJ Watt gets signed, but mostly things like, well, there's rumors that this guy's getting. They're starting to, yeah, they're starting to trickle two out. Two long now. snappers were signed today. Yeah. You know, like that's not big news, but they're little. The housekeeping moves, things. The housekeeping yeah. things. Get yeah. your cap in order. Get your 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 place ready to do, to go go to battle. Yeah. Um, uh, one thing I did want to do though, uh, as we get ready for that, uh, our uh, friend of the show, Cynthia Freeland, joined, yeah. joined us last year at the NFL Scouting Combine, which would have been last week. We missed yeah, that. Don't remind. Uh, but she did a mock draft based solely on her analytics. See, that's interesting. It's just a, you know, I assume it's more you're going to draft positions of value, and you know, you don't want to be in the open market looking for tackles. And you know, I'm, I'm curious how this went because I haven't seen it yet. As she says, she says, "I'm not attempting to predict or divine what teams will actually do on draft mm-hmm. day. She's predicting who they should take based on her needs and yeah. her analytics and value and all that right. kind of stuff." Okay. So she has Jacksonville taking Trevor Lawrence. Sure, no surprise there. If it didn't, I'd say maybe we should do something else. This yeah. segment. Yeah. She has the Jets taking Panay Sewell. See, I think that's more and more of a possibility. Like, if you're the Jets, do you know that Wilson or Fields is better than Darnold? You have to really hate Darnold at this point. Right. You know, you know uh, and what can you get for him in trade? You know, I'm hearing they want an early second-round pick. I might just stick with him for a year and put stuff around him. Yeah. Uh, and that, that really solidifies your line, by the way. Sewell like, and Becton for the next 10 Your line, uh, like... Right. Sewell should should be a left tackle in the NFL, and he would be any other place. And he would, yeah, about. Ex- yeah right. except for there. Right. Uh, three, she has the Miami Dolphins taking Jamar Chase. I'm fine with that. I wonder what the analytics. I'd love to have this conversation with her. Everyone knows you don't take running backs in the first round, but think of all the great value of wide receivers in the second and third round lately, and even going back to Michael Thomas and Devontae Adams and some of the best players in the league. But receivers are expensive on the open market. They too. are, like, and this, this guy's—I mean, you just saw—you Ju- just saw Justin Jefferson from the same school lighted up, and he was better than Jefferson two years. When ago. he was nineteen, yeah, yeah, <laughs> right, right. No, I have no problem with Chase. I think he's clearly the number one. I just wonder if analytics taking a receiver super high is good or bad. Well, you get the best Nowadays. one. Yeah, so. you get your pick. Uh, four. This is where it kind of goes off the the rails here a little bit. She has the Atlanta Falcons taking Quiddy Pay. Wow. I mean, they need edge rush, all the help in the world. I don't like the player at all. I'm saying I don't trust the player, though. I mean, yeah. it'd be different if it was Chase Young or a Bosa. Right. If he had a track record, if he if he actually had sacks on his resume, which he doesn't. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I have no problem taking the best edge in the draft in the top five most years. I'm not sure he's the best edge in the draft. I just don't know that there is a clear-cut best edge in this draft. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. 
Number five, she has the Bengals taking Rashawn Slater. That makes perfect sense, assuming yeah. Sewell's gone. Grab it. That being said, and this is true for every mock draft you ever analyze, a lot's going to happen between now and draft day. Absolutely. I mean, there's been a lot of talk. Joe Tooney's from uh, Cincinnati, and all of a sudden you could put their center, Tooney, and Jonah Williams, and you got a makings of a line. Like, their line might not be a massive need when it comes around then. If I think it still will be. But. It will be. But, like, <laughs> would you take – you still probably take Slater, but would you pass on Pitts or Chase or somebody like that maybe if you have most of your line in place? Yeah. Uh, six, she has, speaking of Pitts, Pitts goes to the Eagles. Kyle Pitts, the tight end out of uh, Florida. I love the player. I mean, he's calling him a tight end isn't doing him justice. But they have Goddard, and you know, I kind of feel like a field stretcher outside. You know, they'd probably prefer Chase, but he's gone. Uh, seven, the Lions take Micah Parsons. That seems like a Lions thing to do. It doesn't seem like an analytics thing to do. I mean, yeah. Spielman has a lot of power there. I bet he loves Parsons. Yeah. Eight, she has the Panthers taking Zach Wilson. I think they're going to add some kind of quarterback. Yeah. They would take that in a heartbeat, I would think. Nine, the Broncos draft Justin Fields. Okay. I mean, do you think they would do that in a heartbeat? Probably. I think so. Yeah, yeah. I think you'd just take it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, at 10, she has the Cowboys taking Gregory Rousseau. Wow. I'm surprised the corner didn't go one of those two spots. You always see corners mocked to Denver and Dallas. But edge rushers are very important, and clearly by her metric, she has a lot of value in edge rushers. Absolutely. Which, yeah. I mean, I get. Uh, at 11, she has the Giants taking Devontae Smith. Okay, I like Waddle better than Smith, but, I mean, we're splitting hairs here. At 12, the 49ers take the first cornerback, Caleb Farley. They would love that. They yeah. have, like, no corners under contract <laughs> right now. If they had their pick of corners, they would love it. At 13, the Chargers take Jalen Waddle. Gee, I like that, too. I mean, everyone has O-line mocked there, and if Slater's gone, is that a little early for Derisaw or Their wide receiver group would be. I mean, Herbert thrown to those guys, with or without Hunter Henry, would yeah. be amazing for a long time. Uh, at 14, the Vikings take Elijah Vera Tucker. Okay. they need a go- Their guard play is very bad. Yeah. It's very bad. That would be a big upgrade for them. The Patriots then take Trey Lance. I bet they would do that in a heartbeat, too. Yeah. I don't, uh, they would still have to sign somebody else, though. No, absolutely. Yeah, they. Yeah. I mean, you couldn't go into this season with what with those quarterbacks on their roster, the, the current quarterbacks on their roster with Trey Lance. I'd consider bringing Cam back yeah. and you know something like that. Well, yeah, because that would be a good guy for Lance to learn from. Similar style, yeah. right? But Lance has seventeen starts in his career. Yeah, seventeen. I like him a lot, but his accuracy is <laughs> not wonderful either. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot to work. I mean, with if you there. watch his tape, there was a lot of him throwing to wide open receivers. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you don't think about that at that level. But they've won the national championship a ton. Like they're a lot more talented. They than just the had they their play. they just had like a twenty nine game winning streak mm-hmm. broken. I mean, Wentz uh, led them last to the national titles. Yeah. Lance, you know, it's it's kind of like Bama versus Vanderbilt at times. Right. Uh, Sixteen. She has the Arizona Cardinals taking Christian Derisaw. Okay. I mean, I I would never object to that. I, I think it'll be a receiver or defense. They're a really hard team to project to me. Yeah. Uh, the Raiders then at 17 take Jason Oa, the edge rusher out of Penn State. He's another high upside edge guy. I mean, all those yeah. guys. That I mean, they, they don't get go. to the quarterback very well. That, that'd be... No, they don't. They don't. At 18, the Dolphins take Jalen Phillips. That's four edge rushers four now in the top, in top 18. Mm-hmm. Uh, Phillips might be the best one on tape of, the, of all of them. 
But he's the one with concussion issues. He's got concussion yeah. issues, and he's not considered the athlete that the others are. Right. At 19, Washington takes Patrick Sertain. I can't believe he lasts that long. I, mean, I mentioned him almost a couple times throughout the you know 10 through 20, but she must be a believer in which is— It's easier to get cornerbacks than it is edge. Or if I'm going to invest in one pay, or the yeah. other, I'm going to pay for the big people, which I believe in. Most metric people don't. It kind of goes back to what we've talked about. Like, if you look around the league, most of the starting cornerbacks around the league were not drafted by the teams that they're playing for. Right. Takes them a little while. Yeah. Right, right, right. I don't know. I'd rather impact the line of scrimmage and have them bearing down on quarterbacks than investing in secondary. You like this next one. At 20, she has the Chicago Bears taking Rondell Moore. Wow. That's early. It's the earliest I've seen him mocked in any way. I like him a lot. They could use him. At 21, the Colts take J.C. Horn. Another corner, yeah. Another corner sense. goes off the board. At 22, the Tennessee Titans take Christian Barmore. I think he's going to go pretty high just because, hey, I can get my top defensive tackle. At 22. At 22. That never happens. Because the guys after him are a lot more questionable. Yeah. It impact, it'd impact the, the passing game to help their pass rush. At 23, another cornerback. This one goes to the Jets, Greg Newsom. Okay, see, I could actually see there. that half, like yeah. maybe not as low as they've gone here, but I could see four corners going in the before the Steelers pick, at least in the first round, and you don't see yeah. that that often. I hundred percent agree. Yeah, I mean, all those guys have traits. At twenty four, she has the Steelers taking Dylan Raddins. Okay, uh, his stock seems to be inflating a little bit. Like yeah. I, I know we've gotten them here and there in the second round in our mocks and stuff. I don't think that I don't means, think it's going to have. Right. Yeah, but he, he's a good prospect. Uh, at 25, Jacksonville takes Jeremiah Owosu-Koromora. They need everything, so who, how can you argue? Every mock I've done, he's always the hardest guy he's for me to guy slate. To, yeah, because yeah. you don't know what he is. Right, and yeah. a lot of those teams right before there, there'd be really good value. Like, he may be there when the Steelers pick. Yeah. I think it's a possibility. Um, I just don't think that they could draft him. You can't have... I don't think the Steelers could either. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure the Jags can either. That's one of the positions they're okay at. Schobert and Jack are okay. I mean, yeah. there's so many other needs. Right, right. Um, at, at 26, Cleveland takes Trevor Mowering. Best safety in the draft. It's something they could use, that's for sure. They would definitely upgrade their secondary. Yeah. Um, you know, and then they get the, uh, the guy they drafted last year out of LSU back. Yeah. Now you've got um, two young safeties. At, at, uh, and they also like the kid they traded for from... Uh, Washington or with Jacksonville, the Bama dude. Yeah, Harrison. Harrison. Some of her safety's as big a need with Delpit and Harrison, but it's the best one on the board. In the middle of the field's a problem for them, and Harrison yeah. could come down closer to the line of scrimmage. And Delpit, you know? I mean, he's a question mark. He's a question mark. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you could play Harrison at linebacker if you wanted to. Right, that's what I was saying. Yeah, yeah. you could make him your your dime backer. At twenty seven, this one's interesting. Um, she has the Baltimore Ravens taking Jalen Mayfield. I guess that's assuming that Orlando Brown is right. no longer a Raven. Been hearing that more and more. You know, like a team like Jacksonville would trade for him and stick him at left tackle. Would you and give make up him for happy. him though? Second, third. I guess. I don't think that's good business for Baltimore though. I don't think it is either because I mean, you, you know what he is. Now, now you got right. yeah, you've opened up a hole in your rod. It's, right. it's the same argument for the people who say that the Steelers should just uh, cut one of their cornerbacks. Because now you got to find a corner. Now you got to find another corner. And it starts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I understand Brown's unhappy, and maybe that's you know something you can get away with. But man, I mean, I guess Mayfield Mayfield makes sense to the Ravens no matter what. I mean, 
his brother he could plays, play he could play, he could guard, play guard for him. yeah the Harbaugh connection you know but I think Brown is a really good chance to get traded yeah uh, at twenty eight the New Orleans Saints take Kadarius Tony they need another weapon. I mean, they, they're going to need a lot of things when yeah. the salary cap hits. I mean, Emmanuel but, Sanders is probably not going to be. I, mean, I would he, doubt it. It's going to be Michael Thomas is going to be their entire passing mm-hmm. game. So, Tony's yeah. a lot different than Thomas. Yeah. I'm sure Peyton would scheme him up well. I like that fit a lot. Uh, at 29, the Packers take Rashad Bateman. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. I think that's a corner or a receiver. Yeah. They have a good, a good corner and a good receiver, but they need a two at both spots. At 30, the Buffalo Bills take Tevin Jenkins. That's a nice value. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that would be great for them. At 31, the Kansas City Chiefs take Aziz Ojolari, another edge. Yeah. I wonder if Clark is a potential salary cap like, cut. I mean, they're 18 or, million. They're in worse cap shape right now than the Steelers. Yeah. Nobody's talking about this. Clark didn't, Clark didn't do a whole lot for them. Or yeah. if not, that he's the replacement for the year from now. It's not like he's a great player, but that. Uh, Compassinone is a free agent yeah. too. He plays snaps for them. They they have more than needs than people realize. Yeah, Everyone's absolutely. Pitch, Especially in no yeah. line, but they got other things they could use. Um, and then finally, the last pick of the first round is Levi Owenzarike. Okay, the I defense, assume the defensive know, tackle is going to be gone. Yeah, nah, probably will be gone. That's a really hard team too. I mean, They're they over five, the cap as well. Are they? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they have five big free agents or so. Who comes back? What holes will remain? And they, I mean, I think they paid Sue like $12 million this year. They can't afford to do that I don't again. I think they could do that again. Yeah. A couple things stand out. I mean, when you think analytics, I didn't expect there to be a running back. And there was not. And there wasn't. Yeah. Um, Mac Jones, I thought, would go high, though, you know, because he's a quarterback. Right. You know, I mean, just analytically speaking, I thought he'd go real high. He didn't get picked at all. A lot of edge rushers. A lot of edge rushers. Five high. edge rushers, four cornerbacks. Yeah, um, a bunch of pretty high too. Bunch of offensive Peyton, tackles. Tony, yeah, I mean they're all. I guess that makes sense. I mean only one guard, Vera Tucker, and maybe he even ends up a tackle. Yeah, um, two linebackers, the two that are definitely going no matter what, but nobody else. Only one safety. Yeah, I mean that's that's the premium positions: corners, edge, tackles, receivers. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think if things broke this way for the Steelers, I think they'd be pretty happy about that. Who'd they end up with? Again? They ended up with Raddins. Which is fine. And no running backs went in the first round. Maybe that's the nice part about yeah. it, too. Because then you can maybe you move up a little in the second You can round finagle that a little bit right, to, right. to go get the running back. that you, I mean, you said, okay, you got uh, 23 picks before you pick again. Mm-hmm. In and the, three you're going to fall in that stretch? Yeah. Maybe, maybe not. Right. No, interesting. That, that wouldn't be bad at all. And Mac Jones is looming out there, too. You know he's going to go soon. Right. He's going to go. There's some other guys there that you look at to say, okay, these— Also, a bunch of tackles will go, and you don't need one anymore. Right. You know, there's yeah. still some other good ones. He's got the you know the, the interior linemen. That's, mm-hmm. start, that's where they kind of start to go. Yeah, that's definitely the sweet spot. Uh, there's really still some receivers around. out there that you look at that are going to go. Oh, yeah, without question. Uh, probably a corner or two as well, even a couple more edge. And linebackers, too. I mean, there's like the Missouri kid. Yeah, Nick Bolton. Those, those guys yeah. will go sooner, too. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it's not that, it's not that uh, out of this world. Her, you know, heard mock. Uh, Quitty paid to Atlanta is need. It's just I don't love the player. Yeah, you know? I mean, they would love. That's the same thing with or, when the Raiders took uh, the defensive lineman out of uh, uh, the Clemson. Oh, when they took the Clemson. Yeah, they, Lawrence Farrell or, or Farrell. Yeah, You're right. Like, what was he fourth overall? It was fourth overall. Which was, just, I mean, nobody had him going fourth overall. And he's played like a late first, second round. You know, I mean, yeah. he's, that's, he hasn't, they, they messed up. 
You know, they were the high character you had guy. The fourth overall pick in the draft. Right. You had your choice. Like, of what those was that? Two, that was two years ago, right? That was two years ago, right? I mean, uh, Christian Wilkins was in that draft. His his teammate, I think Lawrence was in that draft. His other teammate. Um, I'm trying to think who the other edges were. It had to be Bosa or Young. So they were already gone. My, Kyler Murray went first. Bosa went second. Quinn and Williams went third. Okay, that makes perfect. Okay. Everyone in the world knew they were in the top three picks. Then Clellan Farrell. That's what everyone. Whoa. Then Devin White. Yeah. Then Daniel Jones, Josh Allen, out of uh, the, edge. the linebacker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hawkinson, Ed Oliver. Okay. Uh, Devin Bush, Jonah Williams, Rashawn Gary. I guess Gary was the next edge though. Uh, yeah. I mean, who are some of the other first round edges? Uh, I was trying Bri- to think of Brian Burns. I mean, I guess you Burns, could yeah. you could call Allen an edge. Oh, Allen's an edge. Yeah. 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 Uh, you had. Uh, Christian Wilkins went, Brian Burns went, Dexter Lawrence, Jeffrey Simmons. I mean, I'd rather have all these, those guys. These guys would all have helped. Or they're, they're all better players. Than Farrell, right? Than, yeah. I mean, most people thought Farrell was a late first. He was a good player on a great yeah. line. No, they had, They also had that player. 24th pick where they got Josh Jacobs. I think they also got the safety that year, too. Uh, yeah. Elam, too. They had three picks after yeah. the match. Montez trade. Sweat was in that draft. Like, yeah, he, they traded up for that yeah. get back in the first round. So there was a bunch of edge, but outside Bosa, there wasn't a standout number two, and they took the wrong one. They reached to go to go. I to mean, go get one. Taking when you're picking at four, you better get a stop. You better get a blue chip. When dude. you're picking in the top ten, really, I mean, we yeah, could, we could yeah, go yeah, back yeah. over. If you look at the top ten picks in that draft, these guys are all players mm-hmm. except for one. Yeah, Ed Oliver hasn't been great, but he was a tenth pick. Yeah, I mean, two a couple. He of was a ninth. Yeah. Ninth, okay. The Steelers took Devin Bush tenth. Okay, yeah, 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 that makes sense. But, yeah, I mean, White and Bush, and those guys were pretty much no-brainer impact players yeah. for you, and their defense needed everything. And like you, like you said, you had two other firsts looming in what was kind of a deep edge draft, but there's no clear number two. Don't take the number two just to take the number two. Right. You I know? Mean, they, how, much, how much different would their defense look right now? And the Steelers are maybe fortunate this didn't happen. But what if instead of taking uh, Clellan Farrell there, they take Devin White instead? Right. Right, and then all of a sudden Tampa takes Bush. Probably would take Bush. Yeah, because mm-hmm. Farrell would still be Farrell would still be there at ten. Right, I mean that wouldn't impact things at all. Yeah, it easily could have happened. Probably should have. Yeah, I mean when, when you it, look right. at it, you know, unless you want to take Josh Allen there, or mm-hmm. you know, made some sense too. He was a highly touted guy. You know, then the Steelers don't make that trade. No, they don't move up. They sit at twenty. They sit at twenty. They probably take Darnell Savage at at at, uh, at twenty. Just knowing what they needed and they liked them yeah. too, right? And then they don't make the Minka Fitzpatrick trade. Then they make <laughs> somewhere it's they draft all a linebacker, the, yeah, right? A, I mean, somewhere there's a they're they're not trotting out Bostic and no, still, they were not going to do that right. anymore. I mean, there was some some other shoe to drop, but you also would have had more picks. You would have had more picks. I'm just looking here to a see. A lot more picks, considering the main Honestly, the linebacker, I mean, Jermaine Pratt is. He was somebody we kind of liked. Yeah. He was a third rounder. And uh, tacky out. Tacky was with the Browns. Yeah. You know. You that, probably would have ended up with one of those Those are the guys. third round guys that went. Mm-hmm. You know, the first. But just, then you might have been using the Minka first round pick on a linebacker the next year. Because you don't make the Minka deal with Savage. Yeah. And you had more picks. You know, the, you would have had a second rounder that year, right? You know those type of things too. Just so. the way things fall, right? Um, just because all because the Raiders, o- yeah, the Raiders took a bad guy. Yeah, not a bad. He's not. I'm, I don't want to trash him completely. No, he's I mean, an he NFL have a player. Fine and, career. Just, yeah, you don't take him at four. And he'll never live if, up to the status of being fourth overall no, pick in the draft. And it's different if 
if everyone in the world would have made that pick, if it would have been a Bosa or something, you're right. like, oh, that's an obvious pick, and this hasn't worked out. But in this case, everyone rolled their eyes when they made the pick. Right. Like, you could trade it down 15 times about <laughs> that guy. You know, he's not even the second best edge guy in the class. You know, so uh, that that's bad business. Yeah. You know, that fall in love with character and those type of things, which is fine, but you need impact guys yeah. on top character, of the Character is great if the guy's a good player. Yeah, right. If I the mean, guy's not a good player, he could be the night. Could, you could want him to marry your daughter. Oh, Doesn't guy. matter. Yeah, change the whole locker room. Come on right? over and you know help me fix my car. We need sacks. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, and not to mention, he's always going to be linked to Khalil Mack. Right. That's the. <laughs> oh, by the way, you traded Mack a minute ago, and you got to find an edge replacement. And that ain't Max. Let alone you're going to say, well, you know, Nick Bosa was picked in that draft, and then the next guy was. Clinton Farrell. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, Burns is a really good player, too, and some other ones that look like they're going to be hits that you didn't take. Yeah. Troubling. Anyways, we're going to take a break. He is Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. You've been listening to The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. We want to thank uh, Jacob Breck for keeping us on the air, and we want to thank you for listening to this edition of The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. is The Drive with Dale Lally and Matt Williamson on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. We are back on Steelers Nation Radio. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. Pleased to be joined now by one of Pittsburgh's favorite native sons, uh, that would be Dave Damashek of NFL.com, NFL Network, and you can hear him on the uh, Minus 3 podcast as well. How you doing, Dave? I'm doing all right. I appreciate uh, the kind words there, but I think right now we all need as a sports town to get behind our favorite son being Mark Cuban so that he can take another crack at buying <laughs> the Buckos. That would really restore the black and gold to where it belongs, right? Yeah, for sure. Uh, that doesn't. Uh, I mean, if if people think that the the Penguins and Steelers, uh, what they are doing or what they've done in the last well, year or two, uh, is well disappointing. Wait Ooh. till you see this Pirates mm-hmm. team this year. <laughs> yeah, we, we need Lebo's finest and Mark Cuban to step up, man. Everybody who wants the Steelers to tank should take a look at the Buckos. Exactly. That's exactly what I've told them, Dave. <laughs> That's exactly what I've told them. Like you're in a constant rebuilding. You know, just because you tank to get a high draft pick doesn't mean you know the Bengals have been tanking for years. <laughs> the Browns did it for years. It took them 20 years to finally maybe get it right. I think that my my hypothesis is is that it's it's that kind of um, perfect storm of what potentially could really really go bad. The perfect storm is. Looking at teams like the Jets and the and the Bungles, and I fine, I know what happened in January in Heinz Field, but that game notwithstanding, the Browns and the Lions and all these teams that never get over, and the experience that longtime Steelers fans had after Bradshaw stepped aside and the and the gap between him and Roethlisberger has everybody spooked about. We got to move on. We got to find the next guy. And if we don't find the next guy, what are we going to do? And all of that. The only way in the age of free agency, Steelers fans who are nervous about getting Cliff Stouted and Mark Malone <laughs> and David Woodley and, and the rest of it, 
the lean years, of course, we're talking about here. The only way that could happen, I mean, these, 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 the, the talking heads in Pittsburgh now who are declaring the next decade is going to be grim for the Steelers. The only way that happens is if their personnel guys fail repeatedly. And that's what the Jets and Browns and Bengals and so on have done. It's the free agency era. And there are any number of quarterbacks available every spring in the college pipeline. This 2021 does not equal 1983. So everybody chill out a little bit. Roethlisberger, one last run here, presumably. And then the next guy could be right around the bend. Yeah, David, I 100% agree. I mean, you mentioned it. You these blow up teams, they don't have they they envy the foundation that the Steelers have of tradition and handing down. You know, from Aaron Smith to Casey Hayward, and you know, they're, they're not Casey Hayward, Can't. damn Hayward. What am I talking about? <laughs> you know, all the the leadership guys that step up, and now they have the next wave of Watt and these type of dudes. You know, that's what you miss whenever you try to blow something up. And if 2019 showed us anything, the floor for this team with this coaching staff and this structure is really high. I, I don't think people realize that. Well, that's my recurring point to everybody out there shouting that the Steelers need to cut Roethlisberger. And the question back is, to, to do what exactly? You yeah. know, the idea of it's, it's sort of in the same vein as fire Tomlin. Okay, and replace him with what? You know, like what exactly is the math for 2021 and beyond? Let's say you release Roethlisberger um, as soon as we hang up the phone here. If that happens, how does it exactly change the 2021 roster and beyond? What does it allow the Steelers to do that they otherwise can't do with Roethlisberger or without? And to your point, that's exact, this is not like uh, Hugh Jackson's Browns a few years ago. There is no <laughs> ability to just stink uh, to high heavens and go 0-16. Oh, T.J. Watt, Cam Hayward, Minka Fitzpatrick, and beyond – prevent that from happening duck hodges went eight and eight do you think that mason rudolph is gonna is gonna conjure a two and 14 season it's i would win three games under center with the Steelers <laughs> that defense. and there's just no there's just no path to like even if you even if you're desperate like yeah I, I, you know i love spencer rattler so much i hope we go 0 and 16 it's an impossibility anyway you're yeah. not going to get one of those guys and by the way the 2022 draft class, I'm sure I don't have to tell you guys, it happens to be leaner than it's been in the last uh, two to four years, let's say. Yeah, yeah, to a couple of your points, and our guest is Dave Damashek of uh, NFL Network, NFL.com. Um, the Patriots this year, no Tom Brady, he's, right. he's gone. And they still, won, they still won seven games. They're drafting 15th because they had that foundation. They may have been the worst roster in the league. And it was too, it yeah. was terrible. They had no talent, but they 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 the finished fifteen five hundred right. Precisely, and you know, uh, I think that um, the other side of that coin is what the Steelers are capable of doing. And you know, I'm not uh, a pie-eyed optimist about where they're headed in the upcoming season, but I also think that people are, have been very quick to make assumptions based on what we saw in the last you know, six weeks of the season and, you know, talk about a spoiled fan base or, or whatever, the, the declaration that we're doing, I believe me, I was as embarrassed as anybody out there as a longtime Steelers fan to watch the atrocity, the unspeakable, uh, unspeakable events in Heinz field, starting with that snap over number seven, Ted there 
um, and, and beyond. That was a, that was a miserable, embarrassing, maybe the most embarrassing loss uh, that I've watched as a Steelers fan. Um, but I also point you to, you know, Peyton Manning with the 2015 Broncos. Even you, you know, you talk about the the Brady and where he went. Brady was very good and obviously makes a lot of difference in locker room and in bringing a, 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 a mindset to, to that franchise. But it's not like he was, in terms of between the lines, the key figure in the January run. The defense was the star. There's something to be said for the, for the, for the math of an, a, a high-end defense, a future Hall of Famer quarterback providing, if nothing else, some stability back there. And I really do think if they can, you know, I know everybody keeps saying it, but if they can find some form of a ground game, I don't think that it's just an insane notion to suggest double digits, a playoff appearance, and and once you get into the mix, who knows? I mean, Tom Brady is the hero of heroes once again, but he also almost lost to Heineke in the wild card round. So, you know, once <laughs> right. you get it, as they always say, you, you get into the playoffs, then who knows what's going to happen? Who knows how everything's going to break? I don't think that the Chiefs are necessarily destined to, for the next decade be the number one seed. Look within that division. And once you start knocking down the most talented team in the conference, you know, it really is uh, an open tournament if you can just get into it come January. There's no reason to think with that defense and otherwise that the Steelers aren't going to wind up there, um, you know, 10 months from now. Yeah, Dave, you cited some, you know, all-time great Hall of Fame quarterbacks with you know, really strong defenses being highly competitive, but you didn't mention Elway at the end. You know, I mean, to me, mm-hmm. that that's the one that's the, the model here. Get me the Terrell Davis, you know, take something off his plate. Say what you want about Ben. I just think he had, and maybe some of it's self-induced, just got to get stuff off his plate. I think that's right. And, you know, I, you know I'm not inside the huddle. I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not in the, uh, the coach's box talking in Roethlisberger's ear. So I'm not exactly sure. I mean, what I'd love, I really wish, and I don't think we're ever going to fully get it, but I would really love to know what precisely happened in those last five weeks of the regular season in the sense that, and, and by the way, the undercover thing, I think people are starting to catch on and point at it a little bit. For a dominant defense, statistically and otherwise, they didn't exactly get big stops in big spots in second halves against even the Bengals. Is uh, talk about an embarrassing loss, but they didn't get big stops against the Bengals. They didn't get them against the Bills in the second half, and really the, the games could have swung on those. And that was, if you remember how we went into the 2020 season in August and into September, it was supposed to be. We didn't know what Roethlisberger with his elbow and, and all that was going to be. It was supposed to be a defense-dominant team, and that's what it has to be next season as well. I, I, I mean, that's the idea that the superstar quarterback has to cover up all the warts at this point, that's overly optimistic. But the defense has to rise up and get the stops that we um, assumed they would. But uh, that's exactly right about uh about Elway. I know it, it's uh, a lifetime in football terms that it happened in the, in the late 20th century, but I still think it's relevant that, right, if you have a guy, I, I, you know, the the people who are just completely wrong, those who would say he's dead arm, he, the arm is right. gone. If you watch the, the Colts game, that's obviously not true. You saw some of the throws and the different styles of throws that he was making in that second half. It's impossible to reach that conclusion. Um, but I'd love a deep dive on 
what really I, w- I wish Roethlisberger would would tell us or whomever close to it and say yeah listen I was beaten up I knew we were going to the playoffs and I made a calculated decision with Feekner, um and company that I was going to limit all contact I was going to take zero contact coming down the stretch and then as the losses started to mount all of a sudden it got scary there for a second wait a second we're going to not win the division then they have the second half rally against the Colts and they put their feet up and I, I mean, I was shaken absolutely by that first quarter. And by the way, Mason Rudolph coming out there and throwing the ball downfield with ease um, to the same receivers Roethlisberger had been struggling with, um, and then combine that with what happened in the wild card round, it definitely raised my eyebrows um, because Roethlisberger definitely has to take a ton, a ton of the blame. Townsie put him behind the eight ball, but Roethlisberger really threw some atrocious passes in that first quarter there. But what happened there, and that kind of would point me to if it's just it's absolutely over for this guy. Like, is he just spooked by the notion of contact? My my sense is no. Um, and for one last ride, I, I the bottom line for me is with Rosler, what are they going to do realistically? Not pie-in-the-sky crazy stuff like go trade for Deshaun Watson. Not <laughs> right, right. To happen, so stop talking about that. Um, you know, what are they going to do at QB if not Roethlisberger? It is not sufficient to say, hey, let's burn a, career, a year off the careers of Hayward and Watt and Minka to see if Mason Rudolph, a third-round pick in his fourth year, has the goods. If we don't know that now, then I think we need to make the assumption of what we think is true, which is he's not the long-term solution. So I go back to seven one last year um, with the team as constituted, I think people are being a little doom and gloom about what the high-end possibility is, even in a conference that includes Patrick Mahomes and the rising Bills and uh, and the Chargers are going to be good and so on. I, I'm not as, as spooked by the Browns and the Ravens, I think, as a lot of other people are. I don't think they're necessarily either one of them given the, some of the choices the Ravens have to make in their defensive front seven. And Baker Mayfield, still, I'm not 100% sold that they are fixed. Definite double-digit winning teams in 2022. I think the division is winnable with number seven. Yeah, I agree, Dave. And Matt and I have talked about that a lot. I mean, if, if you start going through the conference, um, you find you have a hard time finding seven teams that, well, that team's absolutely better than the Steelers. Right, right. I mean that that's what you're that's what you got to do. There's, they take seven to the playoffs, so you got to be just in the top seven, and then once you get into the playoffs, you know you take your but chances. The I mean, they may, right. I, I tweeted during the Super Bowl that that you know the 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 Chiefs that were on the field that day against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers would have struggled mightily against the Steelers. The Steelers would have had a chance to beat them that day, no doubt in my mind, because that offensive line could not have blocked you, me, and Matt. Oh, I mean, yeah, listen, and, and, and that's what we've learned, too, is I think that's a big lesson. Because five years ago, eight years ago, ten years ago, um, I'm sure our conversa- my, my conversations with Williamson date that far back about um, the not unique but distinct skill set that Roethlisberger had in 21st century pro football. And I still count only two guys who are alongside with him in their primes Roethlisberger, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson could negate not a mediocre uh, offensive line, 
but a bum one. When the Steelers last won the Super Bowl against the Cardinals, that was not like, ah, it's so so O-line. That was a bad offensive line, and Roethlisberger could overcome that. That's no longer the case. And for better or worse, you now hear Russell Wilson, as we speak, complaining about Seattle's O-line. You saw what happened to the guy who's been anointed the greatest to ever do it, Patrick Mahomes. You see him behind a bad offensive line. He looks awfully mortal. Um, So the point is that I think if you do the math and look around the league and how teams do when they don't have a decent offensive line, I think you can rightly let Roethlisberger off the hook a little bit and say, boy, oh, boy, that was real, real bad for a a guy who – you know, is not, like I say, prime Roethlisberger anymore, shaking off tacklers or really even moving off his spot. He's, a, you know, last year coming down the stretch especially, he was literally more immobile than Tom Brady was. I mean, he literally locked into his spot and didn't move his feet in, uh, on many throws from the spot at which he re- received the snap. But, you know, that was also uh, uh, the, um, you know, whether it was Chase Young or Miles Garrett or anybody else, Villanueva wasn't providing a ton of resistance um, there. And that was on both sides of the O-line that that collapse was happening. So, again, if they can find a couple of pieces in the draft and some cheaper options, um, you know, in, in free agency, uh, I, you know, I, I, just don't, I just don't share the, the pessimism about 2021. And it's certainly not worth throwing any of that potential out the window on, on – these sort of half-baked ideas about what the alternative is. You know, it's like the idea that Kyle Trask is the answer. <laughs> I mean, fast to quote Myron Cope. I mean, what, I mean, nah. like that's the answer. That's going to inspire us. Mac Jones might be a fine replacement if he fell to them, but it certainly isn't inspiring. And I don't think, by the way, that Mac Jones is going to be there. Williamson knows that at least as well as I do, that as as draft day draws ever closer, the more those guys are going to move up the board. And, um, you know, Trey Lance is going to be long gone. And Justin Fields. And the idea that they're going to be able to trade up into that spot with what exactly? What assets? <laughs> and then let's say it is Justin Fields. What do you, so Justin Fields is going to get thrown to the Wolves for the next uh, uh, two to three years before they can assemble some sort of an offensive and just – it's so imperfect that, to me, run it back with number seven one last time because in all likelihood, unless you guys have some um, some trigonometry to share with me that can show me where I'm, where I'm wrong about the cap and otherwise, we're going to be having basically the same conversation a year from now that we're, that we're having right now. They're going to have to try to move on to a quarterback. I don't know who that is right now, but the good news is we've reached full QB saturation in pro football, which is to say 2011 when teams were reaching for guys like Christian Ponder and Jake Locker, that was a decade ago. That's no longer the case. You don't need to do that anymore because of all the good college quarterbacks and all the viable starting options in free agency. Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota can be had, Cam Newton. I know people are down on the year that he just had. But that guy is borderline Hall of Fame, maybe a, a cut below right now. There are a lot of really good options. I mean, it was, wasn't that long ago that we were seeing um, so, some really dreadful guys get the starting gig. That just doesn't ha- – I mean, that's just not true anymore in pro football. 
over the last couple of years. There are so many decent options at quarterback. We don't need to move heaven and earth and worry ourselves sick about who's going to replace Roethlisberger because a year from now there will be anywhere between one to six guys to go and get. Maybe if we get lucky, it'll be Dwayne Haskins. Who knows? Yeah, I'm not that optimistic. Dave, we've been saying a lot, a lot of the same stuff. You know, th- this isn't the off season to do it unless some gift happens to fall yeah. in your lap. You got to build mean, the nest first, right? I always talk about building right. a nest for the baby bird to come to. I mean, give me a give me a couple <laughs> of young linemen, a running back that I can hand the ball to and trust to get more yardage than is blocked. And you know, a year from now, we were talking about around the league. Boy, there's there's more quarterback movement this year than ever, and well, until this year. Now there's more. Yeah, we I mean, said the same thing last year. Yeah, I mean, these guys are always on the move. There's a lot of quality options. You'll get somebody next year. Deal with it then. That's, I mean, that's exactly right. And I know that doesn't sound like a plan per se, right, right. but it's as much it's as much of a plan as well. They should release Roethlisberger. And I, I mean, I've I've been talking around with uh, a lot of people in the Pittsburgh sports media about this, and that's where we 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 always wind up is okay fine Roethlisberger is done he can't do it anymore they can save some cash he threw 33 this. touchdown and passes last year yeah, what's part two of <laughs> part one of the plan of getting rid of Ben is fine what's part two of the plan that is exactly right what is it and it comes back to some combo of well let's see what Dwayne Haskins and uh, Mason Rudolph can do. Yeah, I mean, sure. I don't know that Dwayne Haskins is gonna be on the roster in <laughs> right. September. Exactly. I mean what I would do really, and I really think this is a plausible thing with uh, some of the people I've talked to, I think that the Steelers could get Sam Darnold for a future second round. If they offered up the the twenty twenty two second round for Darnold, I think that would be enough to get them um, to the Jets that would get them Darnold back. I think that's worth it based on, I mean, I think the Adam Gase factor is real. Um, oh, yeah. Look at Ryan Tannehill <laughs> and otherwise. I think that's worth a gamble at a relatively low cost. But either way, if you do, so if you do that, then maybe you get a guy. I mean, I'm a pedigree snob, and everybody loved Darnold coming out. I don't believe that collectively all the scouts in the world – got it this wrong on Darnold. I mean, I do think he, uh, you know, has an unfixable um, issue with interceptions. But, um, you know, given the losses that we assume the Steelers are going to take in free agency and, um, you know, Roethlisberger moving on one way or the other after this year, they're going to be in a much better situation financially and they're going to have draft picks. They're going to get compensatory picks that they could then flip for a quarterback to move up in the first round, if that's the way they wanted to make things go and go get the Carolina kid or what, you know, I, they, that, that's just through the draft. But to, to, to your point, it's a different world than it was even five years or so ago. I mean, remember, if, Kling, if Cliff, Kingsbury, Cliff Kingsbury does nothing else besides show off his fancy Tony home in the desert on, uh, <laughs> on social media, if he does nothing else during his time in pro football, he pulled a move that was unthinkable five years ago. They used the tenth overall pick on one quarterback, then dumped him to get another first uh, to, to use the first overall on another quarterback. So all bets are off now. When you when there is when people say without irony or, or other, I mean, Tua a year ago was the guy. Well, Joe Burrow's a Heisman, so he's the guy you got to get. But Tua, if not for the hip, I don't know if I'd go Burrow or Tua now. It's universally understood. Well, well, he's not—he's not Justin Herbert. And now the discussion is in Miami. 
do we flip Tua to try and get uh, Deshaun Watson or, 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 or do something like that? Point being, these things move off, move so fast um, that, you know, you're not locked into – the only mistake you can make is the one that the Rams made or that the Eagles made and locking in because, just because you use a first-round a first round pick out of QB and then you groom him and bring him along to a point and then you make the mistake of signing him to a second contract, it's not suddenly going to magically turn him into the guy. It doesn't – because you take those steps doesn't mean that it yields the result you want it to, which is a long-term um, franchise QB who's going to carry you and cover up warts and all in the lean years when the roster doesn't work out and he's going to be able to obscure the weaker parts of your roster you you can't pay your way past that jared goff is still jared goff so as long as the Steelers don't make that mistake and they're about it would appear to be they're about to be able to negotiate their way around that issue um by, by you know, playing one more year with Roethlisberger. And, you know, I'm just with you guys 100%. I think that a year from now, there are going to be some options out there, whether it's a one-term, I mean, a one-year fix like Jameis just had down there in New Orleans, a prove-it deal. Or maybe the guy is out there that they are excited about that they can lock up long-term. Maybe it's Sam Darnold. Maybe it's Dwayne Haskins. Pretty sure it's not Mason Rudolph, though. Yeah, I mean, and they, right now, as we sit here, they're going to have $150 million in cap space. Now, it certainly won't be that much they'll when we get to that. They'll use some of that up right. between now and then. But they're still going to have way more cap space. They'll probably have more cap space going into next year than they've had in the 28 years combined that I've covered them. Going right, they're always right up <laughs> against it. They're always right, right up against it. Yep. And they just won't be next year. So, I mean, they've kind of planned for this. I mean, along those lines, I mean, you look ahead. The league's going to change so much. But they could be the team that trades for, we'll give you a second and uh, for Derek Carr, and we can easily fit him under the cap. Or there's going to be five other names that are similar where that team, Matt Ryan, or, you know, whoever it is, there's going to be some expensive quarterback that's been around the block that they can fit under the cap. Or similar to the Darnold situation. That could be Daniel Jones or Tua next year or who knows. You know, like the lead changes so fast or maybe Justin Fields looks terrible in his rookie year and whoever drafts him is picking first overall and you can get him for a second. You know, like there's going to be options. There always are. I mean, precisely. Yeah. Precisely. And, you know, uh, uh, the, uh, exactly. The, I mean, what, what else can I say except that you guys are right? And uh, um, I think the freak out is, like I say, looking around the neighborhood and seeing how bad, you know, like, oh, no, oh, no, we're going to be the Browns or Bengals now for the next decade. No, we're not, unless Kevin Colbert and or his successor uh, lose the ability to evaluate personnel. That has not been a major issue for the Steelers, and we've been very lucky in that regard. And two, the, you know, Cliff tires, Mark Malone, Scott Campbell, how many? Well, that's a good game. Wonder how many. See, we we the three of us should be able to reel off every guy. Oh, I've, I just wrote that a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I could rattle them off, you know, pretty quickly. But <laughs> yeah, I got, Scott Campbell, I got David Woodley throwing to Louis Lips. That was the combo that uh, Louis Lips got uh, in his rookie year. Bobby. throwing him passing. Yeah, you got there the Bubster. You, you got a Donald. You got Mike Tomzak. I mean, you can <laughs> Jimmy Dave Miller, Miller. Maddox. <laughs> Yeah, yeah it, was, uh, it, was, it was a glorious run. There's no question about it. But, I mean, like I, again, that's all that 
is, or at least, you know, as, as you run up to, um, you know, from uh, from the Jim Miller into Cordell and uh, Tom Zach and that whole kind of, that little, and Neil O'Donnell finally making the scene and taking over there. Um, that was all pre-free agency. In other words, it's irrelevant uh, as it applies to, you know, making a, a decision like this. And also, the cap didn't just go down on the Steelers. And the Steelers, with the way that Khan likes to work it versus most other organizations, the Steelers got jammed up maybe a little more than most other teams did. But everybody is, or not maybe everybody, but most teams are gonna, are about to have a bloodletting. I mean, the idea that the sky is falling, it's not just falling in Pittsburgh, if that makes you feel any better, everybody, because everybody is about, there are going to be some big-name guys about to hit the market here, and in fact, you're already starting to see it with Miami um, dumping Van Noy. Um, I, I, I think that, that sort of thing is, is about to go down, and like I mentioned before, the the other factor it's hard to assess in in March with uh, so much to come between now and the start of the season. You know, I'm not 100 percent convinced that the Ravens are all set because you need. I, I, I know this is uh, rhetoric that you would hear back in uh, from Don Crickey calling an Orange Bowl um, involving the Oklahoma Sooners in 1985, but it's true that. That offense, the limitation of that Ravens offense remains that it's not great at coming from behind. And that is a bigger issue in 21st century NFL than it is in Big 8 football in the mid-'80s. Um, and uh, so I, I, I'm not convinced. I think the Ravens, and in fact I've talked with people who are aware of that, that within the building they're concerned about their ability. They've already announced we, we're not going to go after any big-name number one wide receivers. I wonder if that's preemptively saying, like, yeah, yeah, we're not fired. We're not fired. We quit because they know what free agent's going to go to Baltimore to be a part to go, of that. To go office. be a blocker. Right, right. <laughs> you know, we're not going to throw to you. Who, I mean, you know, I, I've seen me at times float the idea of Juju, which would be devastating, of course, and it does make some sense with the way they run things. But uh, point is they need a complementary defense. You can't – that defense has to kind of – borderline dominant for the team to win games and i don't know at minimum they have some decisions to make on their front seven and again um the league did catch up a little bit last year maybe we can attribute it to lamar jackson and the whole covid thing in the middle of the season get down and everything because they did come on at the back end of the year but um i'm not convinced still that that's the greatest way to operate in in the nfl they still you know, for what it's for what it matters, it's a limited sample size, but they still haven't played in a title game as uh, as uh, since Lamar Jackson took over. I know that's an unfair standard, but that's the one people are applying to the Steelers right now. They they've only won three playoff games. Yeah, that sucks. It's it's not good. It's also hard to win playoff games. It's hard to get to the playoffs. It's not a small thing that Mike Tomlin loves this has never had a losing record thing. He loves that, and he wants to protect that. He should. That's the goal. <laughs> yeah, that's good stuff. It's not a crazy thing to, to be proud of. It's a great thing that Ben Roethlisberger, for all the negatives and all the ups and downs in his career and the lean rosters versus the loaded rosters, the guy has never had a losing season. That's not something to turn your nose up at, especially when we don't know what the solution is um, behind him. So, And, then, and, and now – 
uh, as we do a way too early deep dive on the AFC North, um, the Ravens, to me, are, you know, they, they do a great job of always loading up with the line of scrimmage on both sides. So they'll probably solid or be solid. Are we positive that the Browns, because they almost beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead, are definitely uh, going to be good? I mean, I'm inclined to think they will be, but I, it's not it's not a lock. I, I, I absolutely think the Steelers can once again compete as much as everybody will will say that it's that Joe Burrow relegates Roethlisberger to being the fourth best quarterback in in the division. I still think that the Steelers can still finish number one in the division if things break right and um, you know they, they they catch a break. I mean everybody has injuries in the 21st century, um, but it really is devastating that Devin Bush goes out and before that the the, the human tragedy of of Ryan Shazier, um, you know, you really, you know, if you want to go glass half full, if those things don't happen, you know, especially 2017 with the way they were playing with Shazier in the middle there, I think the sky was kind of the limit with them. And uh, the, the the tragedy aside in football terms, I really, you know, I, I think that that really debilitated the Steelers significantly there. And then Devin Bush, you pluck him out of that roster, out of that uh, what the defense was trying to do a year ago, that really – um, you know, turned them mortal quite a bit, too. And, again, it wasn't as though going into the season it was like, well, our superstar quarterback has to throw 45 touchdown passes and dominate. Um, that's not that's not what Aaron Rodgers – well, Aaron Rodgers did kind of dominate last <laughs> season. But, but he did. He did, and Tom Brady did, and started to, to get themselves under center a little bit, turn around, hand it off to the running back, run play action. That's – I guess the biggest question I have going forward is how much and you guys can address this better than I can. How much do you anticipate number seven embracing what Mac Canada wants to do? That's my question. And I think that my bet is that that's what our two sat down. That's what the meeting was about. Yeah, that's the conversation. Yeah, it wasn't about the contract. It was about, hey, Ben, can you do this? Can you buy into what we're going to do here? Will you run the football? That was my sense. Right. It's, and by the way, if things break for us on draft day and all of a sudden, like, we have a path to, you know, Justin Fields or whatever, we're going to take him and we don't want any nonsense out of you if it goes that way. Or if we get Sam Darnold, that that's what we have to do. We're thinking about the, the franchise beyond just this season. Um, and, you know, it's the same thing as Aaron Rodgers reacting like, wait, who did you take? I'm still playing. You know, it could be that. <laughs> for Roethlisberger, and maybe they were preemptively, or or two was trying to preemptively get in the way of that. But I really do think, as long as you get Roethlisberger, but I don't think that's a small matter either. I do think Roethlisberger um, likes facing the defense. I don't think he, and I don't think he is Tom Brady in the quick read of the defense when the ball hits his hands, or at the line of scrimmage, pre-snap. I don't think Roethlisberger has that same, uh, and who does? I guess that's probably Brady and Peyton Manning's gift uh, above every other quarterback in the history of people is to divine what's, uh, what's available to him pre-snap. But So I get Roethlisberger doesn't want to turn his back to the defense to run play action, but, um, you know, clearly the results are in in the short term. That is what's effective in pro football or, or has been for the last two years. So as long as he'll start involving some of that, I don't specifically love him running RPL because 
Am I crazy, or does he have a hard time gripping the ball or something when he runs RPO? And it's also not deceptive when you know the quarterback's going to keep it 98% of the time uh, as well. But, I mean, I I don't know that he's going to do that, but I have no concerns in broad strokes. I am concerned about that specific relationship with Canada and what Canada wants to do. Yeah. Uh, we got to let you go here, Dave. We appreciate all your input. Uh, a lot of good stuff there. A lot of stuff that we've been saying on the show as well. Yeah, but uh, great minds. Our, our guest has been Dave Damashek. Check him out on NFL.com. You can go uh, uh, see or Actually, hear him. No, no, no. Oh. No, no, no. Not at, not at about. I, I talk about the NFL oh. and all sports now on Extra Points with Cousin Sal. Okay, and there you go. Three. Uh, we're you know and and minus three is uh, especially appealing to uh, to your listener because we focus uh, only on Pittsburgh, Philly, um, and New York, New Jersey. That's that, that our that's our focus is on all those teams that play in in those divisions in those states. So um, I think uh, your audience will like that one. Yeah, check awesome. that one out. Uh, we appreciate you stopping by though, Dave. Always a pleasure. And uh, we're going to take a break. He is Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lolly. We want to thank Jacob Reck for keeping us on the air. And we want to thank you for listening to this edition of The Drive on Steelers Nation Radio. This is The Drive with Dale Lolly and Matt Williamson on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome back to The Drive. I'm Dale Lolly here with Matt Williamson. And Matt, I know we said we wouldn't do this, but damn it, I want to do it anyways. Uh, I know what you're up to. So I was running, and maybe I've been... Maybe we won't Friday. Maybe we won't Friday. Maybe Who knows? We might. Yeah, we probably will. <laughs> They're just so much fun. I, this they is what I do time. in my downtime, my mock draft. Uh, so anyways, I was playing around with the one on Pro Football Focus. We haven't done that together. We haven't done that okay. together yet. And it came up with some more interesting... Um, Dilemmas. Sure. They have different rankings on theirs. Can't fall back on guys. Ah, we can get him in the fifth round. Yeah, the that kind of stuff. Yeah, that kind of yeah. that's kind of the cheat code. So I just ended up taking guys. The other thing that they do is they grade your draft. Okay. When you're done, um, so uh, I'm running one here now, and our pick is up. There's trades in this one too. Right? There are trades. Okay. Um, now they're at the, we're at the 24th pick, and we have no trade offers on this yet. Yeah. Okay. So, but here's who's available. Christian Derrissaw. Wow, how about that? Yeah, I think that's appealing. I think we got to make we got to make. I that think we've, we've always said we're going to run the podium if he's there. If I he's think there, you go to the podium and you right. say, "I'm very happy to take you, Mr. Christian Derrissaw. Welcome to the Pittsburgh Steelers." And I don't even care that. Uh, I mean, he might beat out Banner or Chooks. Oh, I think he will. I mean, he probably <laughs> will be a day one starter. He was a day one starter at Virginia Tech. Yeah, on the left side. <laughs> right. And I mean, he's a rookie, but and those guys aren't. He's like chumps, twenty but, years old. He's right. Yeah. I just think you add a great asset to your team, no matter how the chips fall on opening day. Yeah. So the pick is in. We took Christian Derrissaw. Gladly. Yeah. Absolutely. Sprinted up there. I, yeah. I think I strained a hamstring <laughs> running to the podium. So Works now we get. You know, we didn't get any extra picks there, but we're back up at fifty-five. Now we do have a trade offer, hmm. uh, but let's see who's available first. Have you noticed you get fewer offers on this site than not the really? Other ones? Okay, yeah, I mean you get a okay. decent number of offers. 
Uh, and you can also trade for next year's picks. Nice, nice. Uh, or, you know, that kind of stuff. So here, it, the other thing this does is it shows you, you can look and see who's available before you go it's in. It's a little easier. Yeah, it's before you, before you look yeah. at the trade. Uh, so Let's do that first. Who, okay. Who's the, the guys around? are, their top guys available. Kyle Trask, Alan McNeil, Liam Eikenberg, Aaron Robinson, Javon Holland, the cornerback out of Oregon, Peyton Turner, Greg Newsom, Justin Hilliard. Um I mean, a guy like Greg Newsom, you're talking about the corner from Northwestern, right? Yeah, I mean, right. I, I'm shocked he's there. It's not a huge need. Here's the uh, – But that's a little – They shocking. have my man, Javante Williams, rated ahead of Najee Harris. I know they love him. They're big yards after contact yeah. people. Well, ATN and Williams are both gone, but Harris is there. Wow. Which is unlikely in the real world. But, but he's available. But he's available. <laughs> that might be a run to the podium move, That's too, another right? run to the podium move. Yeah. That's who we're taking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you can get Darius on Harris with your first two picks. You just fixed your run game, and you've yeah, you really made, improved your Made a lot of progress. Yeah, you, right. people say you can't do both. Well, you just you did. Know, right, you right. just did. Right. Okay, we're and back. that might be Williams in the real world. Or, right. You know, right. You know, and but, still you're fine. Yeah, yeah, you're still fine. Okay, we're back up again. Uh, we now have two trade offers. We're here at 87. Okay. Uh, the top guys available, Paris Ford. The safety at a pick. I like him, by the way. We haven't talked about yeah. it, but he's got a cornerback. It'll be interesting too. to see what he runs. Yeah. That'll uh, be, that'll I think be. he's going to be a good pro. Uh, Tyler Shelvin, the big uh, nose tackle prospect out of uh, LSU. Nice player. Yeah. Uh, Jamin Davis, the linebacker out of Kentucky. We haven't mentioned him much either. Yeah. He fits the Jabril Cox mold. Right. Athlete, long. Little different than Bush on the. I think book. he's just a one-year starter though. There's, I think that's yeah. It there's is. so there's, he, there's been you know, a lot more buzz the yeah. last couple of weeks about him. Really athletic. Yeah, he yeah. would be. He would fit the mold. Uh, Joe Tryon, the edge out of Washington. Okay. Jalen uh, Darden, the wide receiver out of mm-hmm. North they Texas. They love Darden. Yeah, that's actually where I heard about him first. He's the North Texas Mean Green. Yeah. Uh, ben Cleveland, the guard out of Georgia. Cam Sample, Khalil Herbert, Brevin Jordan, Trey Brown. Uh, we take okay. him a lot in the other draft later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, we're not going to get him later in this draft. We even mentioned Herbert. He's the uh, Virginia Tech back. I'm interested in, but obviously we have Harris yeah. already. He's but. he's like 5'11", 205. Mm, so I he's not a, he a little thicker. He's than not that, a tiny yeah. guy. Maybe he's five ten. Yeah, make him look a little bit thicker. But he's not a small guy. He's just he doesn't have a lot of receiving production. Yeah, yet. that's the other yeah, problem that's with that. A little bit of a question. Tommy Tremble. Uh, let's see what the. I'm it, interested in offers. Of, Let's see what the interior line. Uh, it's 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 uh, Ben Cleveland. It's Quinn Miners, or the, yeah. uh, Kendrick Green, the other Cleveland's guy. Cleveland's a pure guard. Yeah. he's just a masher. Uh, Miners and Kendrick Green are both there. Okay, so those are two that guys. Not that, so bad. Yeah. yeah, not so bad. The offers that we have, the Bills are offering us. Well, they they they're on the phone and they want you to make the offer. So what they have is ninety. Oh, really? Okay. What they That's have cool. is ninety three. So we've moved down. Obviously, if we're trading 87, we want 93. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be nice. They got 162, 175, 214, 234. That's what they have left. We've got 87, 128, 141. So we've got three picks before that. I'm not real inclined to make that move unless we're going to go for one of their next year. I was going to say, what if year. we move down and say throw in your third and you guys are so good it's going to be late? Yeah. Let's see who the other – the Seahawks are the other offer. Okay. The Seahawks are picking at 129, so I'm not as interested in that. Although they do have, uh, they got 129, 168, 209. Um, I'm not move back that far. I, I'm not, I'm not interested necessarily. I don't know if, if I'm interested in either one of those unless mm-hmm. we get. Uh, so it'd be 93 and 87. Uh, we're trading a third round pick here. I don't know that they're going to give us a third round, two third round picks for a, a third round pick this year. Let's try their pick, their third, 
for our pick in our fifth next year. Okay, so 93 and 87. In their third next year. Does this database or does this program work that they'll counter that, or will they just say yes or no? They'll, I think, just say yes or no. Okay. You can also force the trade through. So you could just – but then, oh, they, then they don't grade it. Yeah, okay. we're going to offer that and see what happens. And they accepted it. Okay. So we got their – so we got 87. There's somebody they like. We got 87 – or they got 87 in our fifth-round pick for 93 in their next year's third-round pick. Great. That's – yeah. Okay. Yeah, we'll so take that. We're back to the draft. So we just got to wait six spots here. We'll probably get from the same guys. one of those two interior linemen are there or, you know. We're back up again here. Jamin Davis still on the – Ooh, I might go that direction. Yeah. Uh, if you're looking at those interior guys – uh, Miners and Kendrick Green are still both there. We've mm-hmm. got another pick coming up at 128. Okay. Um, so we may have a you shot. Do you agree that you'd prefer Miners over Green? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. I think so. But I would take either one of them. I'd be happy with either. Yeah. yeah. Adam to the He's your developmental guard. Um, Josh Miners is actually still available, too. Wow. They don't like him as much. Well, they must not. But they have him rated 142. I think he can also play guard, too. I mean, Right, yeah. I mean, I'm assuming they're going to have – I mean, Okay, so we got three options there. Yeah, that, yeah, that might not be bad yeah. to wait. Um, so if we look at the wide we'll receiver – another pick soon, right? Darden is still there. Okay. Um, you're looking He's at, a smaller guy. He's a speedster, super productive, yeah. small, small school. There's speedster. some other guys there at that position, though, that okay. are similar yeah, uh, yeah. You know, to that. If you're looking strictly at the wide receivers, uh, Amon Ross, St. Ra- Amon Ra- Brown available, Sage Surratt, Seth Williams, Trey Walker. Yeah. Um, Trey Walker out of San Jose State fits that uh, mold. Uh, I think he's like 5'11, 190. I, I just, in the Dynasty podcast I did, we just did a breakdown of, of St. Brown. I like him. I think he's a second rounder, physical guy, yeah. slot, outside, heavily recruited type dude. I'm kind of leaning towards him or the or Davis, the linebacker, thinking we can get a center in a few picks here. Yeah, we've got 93, 128, 141 coming up. Good. That's what we still have left here. We got um, Amari Rogers still out there. Yeah, I like Rogers too. Uh, I, I prefer St. Brown, but I like yeah. Rogers too. Daz Newsome's still out there. So there's some of those guys mm-hmm. that, you know, the. the I mean, it's how the, the draft goes. Type. I mean, a lot of those receivers get picked up and. Yeah, at the, the linebacker position, if we're looking just at the linebackers, you got Jamin Davis still available, Monty Rice still available, Dylan Moses, Pete Werner, Cameron, oh, yeah, let's pick from. Cameron uh, McGrone, uh, Baron Browning. There's some guys there. Garrett Wallow st- uh, still available. Yeah. So there's a bunch there. It's just a matter of which one do you like the best. Um, which I think way? St. Brown's my favorite player available. You want to go St. Brown? Yeah. Okay. Mon St. Brown is the pick. He's got a little bit of juju qualities at USC. I'm on Raw St. Brown. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Same program, too. Same program. All right. We're uh, The centers are going. Nah. I think they both just went. wonder if the linebackers are gone. Uh, let's see here. So now we got the top guys available. We have no – nobody's calling us on the phone here from Michael no, Uh The top guys, uh, Cornell Powell, uh, wide receiver out of Clemson. We just we took just a wide receiver, receiver yeah. so we take that off the pl- – uh, Ambry Thomas out of Michigan. Sean Wade out of Ohio State. Yeah, we've taken him before. Uh, Jay Tufalele, um, hmm. Tufele at uh, the interior defensive yeah, yeah. out of USC. Trill Williams out of Syracuse. Marlon Tui up to Kerry Vincent. Okay. Kind of like him a little bit. Cameron Bynum out of Cal, another cornerback. Uh, Josh Myers still available. Wow. Um, yeah, there's some guys there. With Myers is kind of hard to ignore. You want to take him? 
I think so. Okay. That's... I mean, I don't love him of all the centers. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's kind of like my but He's the most boring of the group. Yeah. But he's pretty accomplished and a good player. He's a potential starting center down yeah, the road. Right, right, maybe right. maybe you kick him the guard. I think you can do that easily. Yeah. All right. There's the pick. Josh Myers is the pick. We're back. Our run game looks a lot better with Darisaw, Myers, and Harris. I would say so. Yeah. <laughs> and they're all down. All right. We're back here. on the clock here. And the top players available to Fele, uh, Richard Leconte, the safety out of Georgia, Marlon uh, Tui Pololutu, Kerry mm-hmm. uh, Vincent, Patrick Jones, D'Angelo Malone, uh, Chris Rumpf, Trey Sermon, Amari Rogers, Hunter Long still available. Wow. We like Long. Um, you mentioned Vincent, the last go round of somebody yeah. kind of like. Coach me up on him. I, I'm not sure who he is. Uh, out of LSU. Um, what position again? Cornerback. Oh, okay. 5'10", 185. Um, you know, productive. He's been their number two guy. Didn't play this year. Yeah. Uh, but had four interceptions in 2019 at the position. Uh, scored three touchdowns on his four interceptions. Mm. Had uh, two touchdowns in 2018. He's slot and outside, yes, right? Yes, right. I mean, he has some versatility with that. And he can run. And he's fast. Yeah. yeah. I got no qualms with a player like that in this stage of the draft. I mean, Hunter Long's would be hard to pass up. The LSU cornerbacks have done very, very right, well right, right, in, right, the, right. in the NFL. If he's on the field for them, that says a lot. Yeah. Them. Okay. Yeah, we'll take Gary Vincent there. That's, take, that's okay. a good value. Uh, now we don't go again until 217. I mean, that's the, that, the other yeah, thing yeah. there might have taken Hunter Long there. Yeah, I would consider it long yeah. too, but corners are valuable. Yeah. So we get a little bit of a, a wait here now until we get to 217, but we're almost there. This thing goes pretty fast. You can set the speed on this at different Oh, nice. Yeah. All this right. is that gap, you know, where it's yeah. almost like the draft is. This like is probably like where they, you know, they get a compensatory pick, you know, or two mm-hmm. in there that, that could change that a little bit. And it'd be nice too if you do trade down at any part, grab something in here as a little bit of sugar on top to, yeah. you know, give you some more versatility. Okay, we're back up again here. We got five trade offers for pick seventeen, wow, two seventeen, five. To uh, the top guys available: Dalen Hayes, the uh, edge out of Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jarrett Patterson, the running back out of uh, yeah, Buffalo. Market, right. Warren Jackson, Elijah Mitchell. I kind of like him, I too. I do, too, by yeah. the way. I, I like Elijah Mitchell. Yeah. Um, looking at uh, Demetrius Taylor, my guy I sent you last night. Uh, yeah. Kind of a def- it, they, they, disruptive he, App State guy. 6'1", 295. They played him on the edge at App State. Okay. Uh, but he kind of reminds me of a poor man's Javon Hargrave. Yeah. Yeah, he was a running. Explosive. He was a running back in high school. He's bulked up. You know, he was like a two hundred and fifteen pound, two hundred twenty five pound recruit, mm-hmm. and they made him a defensive lineman. And he's just continued to get Rock bigger yeah, and stronger. Big. And he's in the Geno Atkins mold. Yeah, which isn't really the Steeler mold, but I'm not sure that matters anymore. You yeah, know, if he plays fifteen snaps, mostly on throwing downs, relieve some other guys. You know, play some nose for you. Yeah, you know, in yeah. some situations that. Interesting. Uh, kind of like him a little bit there. Uh, Mustafa Johnson available as well. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Tony Fields. Take one. Uh, William Bradley King available. The edge out of uh, Baylor. Mm-hmm. Um, Any true second level guys that excite you? Not really. Okay. Not really. Hunter Long's long gone, I'm sure. Yeah, those guys are all. Let's see what the trade offers are here. Yeah. Okay, the Packers are on the phone. They're off. Uh, they don't have. They've got pick two twenty one and two fifty four remaining. They want to get back into this. We probably would make that move for two twenty one in a future. I say our future picks right now would be what I'm targeting more. Than okay, anything. so let's say two seventy two twenty one for two seventeen, and we want their 
2022, we want a six. We try a five. We already we, traded we our try five. try a five, yeah. We try to get a we five. We could throw right? their, our seventh in the mix. Let's just see if they what they say to that. They did not like that. What if we include the seven? Not that that's um, got a lot of weight to it, but it might be a seven this year or next. It doesn't matter to me. Let's try. Let's try they don't, they've year, only got make, two picks left. Let's give yeah, them that two fifty three. That would make some sense. That trade has been accepted. Cool. So we gave up. So we have the Bills third and the Packers fifth, which we expect to be late, but there are so extra what? picks. Yeah. Right, right, right. All right, we're going to go back to the draft now. We still have that gives us still then remaining. 217, 253, 254. And we didn't move back that much, right? We moved back four spots. Yeah, great. Yeah. We did we didn't, I didn't love anybody on the board to begin with. All right, we're back up again. A lot of the same guys available. Um, how, what are you feeling here? we got four more trade offers. Listen. <laughs> Who's up here? The Panthers with pick 223. We're up 221 right now. They See, that's what I do a lot when these is I move down two, three spots. And before you know it, you make a lot of picks, and there wasn't, you know, or you got a lot of future capital. It's good business. The Panthers are on the phone. The Bears are on the phone. They pick at 224. Washington's on the phone at 243, and the Browns at 255. We're not interested in making a trade we with the Browns. We don't deal with the Browns. All right. Let's see, what, let's see what the Panthers have here. All right. The 223 is their last pick in this draft, so and they want, two, they want 221. All right. Okay. So, all right, we can make that deal. We, do we want 223 or we just want a future pick? Maybe they'll want both. Give us your fourth next year for 220. We could try it. This is a fifth round pick, right? This is a six. Oh, six. That trade was accepted. Yeah. <laughs> we got our fourth round pick out of Carolina. I mean, we did so well in the early rounds. We can fill in blanks with a free agent here or there. Absolutely. Keep Vince Williams around. All right, or, we're back up I mean? again here. Uh, now... Just think how much fun next year's offseason is. Oh, it'd be, it'd be huge. Yeah. They got all this cap space. They got all these extra picks. You know. We re- re- definitely reloaded here. Okay, we're back up. We had a pick. Uh, we're up at 225. And the top guys available, Elijah Mitchell, still okay. there. Uh, Puka Williams, Demetrius Taylor, still there. Uh, Shamar Jean- John Charles, the cornerback out of App State. Hmm, okay. Be interesting there. We drafted a corner. We took the LSU kid, right? We took the LSU yeah. kid. Uh, we could definitely use an edge. Oh, for sure. Um, we could anything de- in the front seven would be probably my target at this. point. Yeah, let's let's see. Let's, let's Unless see the top a tight edge guy jumps out. The top edge guys: uh, William Bradley King, still available. Okay. Um, Malcolm Koontz out of uh, Buffalo. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, he's he's all right. Yeah. Um, the uh, interior guys are. Uh, you're looking at uh, Taylor. You're looking at. Gonna take your boy Taylor. Jonathan Marshall, Mustafa Johnson, still there. Okay. Um, you got a crush on Taylor. I do. He, Nineteen sacks in thirty-four career games. I got a late-night text from Mr. Lawley about. He had Taylor. two and a half sacks. He had two and a half sacks, a fumble recovery that he returned for a touchdown and an interception in twenty nineteen against North Carolina. Yeah. There's something there to work with. Yeah. In a Hargrave like yeah, fashion, let's, let's I mean, he's a little smaller him. than Hargrave, but let's take coach him, him up. Yeah. Take he him may even run down on kickoffs. He's an athlete. Yeah. He's an athlete. All right. We added another guy to our Kind of like Mondo, really. Yeah. I mean, Take athletes right, here yeah. and maybe turn them into something. Okay, we're back up here with our last pick. Um, let's take a look at tight ends just because. Right. Uh, Nick Eubanks, Pro Wells, Matt Bushman, Dylan Soner, John Bates, Kerry Angeling, Kenny, Kenny Aboa is still available. That's <laughs> sort of intriguing. Noah Gray. I prefer more of an inline guy, but we could pick up some retread right. dude for nothing yeah. and 
you know, two months from now. Um, what else didn't we take here? We haven't taken true any. linebackers. Maybe even a we safety. St- we still haven't taken an edge. No, I know. Yeah, right. so let's take a look there. Um, and there's a lot of defensive stuff we could use. Malcolm Kuntz is still available. Okay. You want to go there? He might make the team. I mean, there's a spot there. Definitely really. at least play special teams for him. He's, yeah, he's right, athletic. Right. No, I'm fine with that. Yeah, let's do that. Malcolm Kuntz is the pick. All right, well, the draft is finishing up here. They're going to give us a grade on what we did here. Curious how they. I mean, I know we helped ourselves a lot for now at big needs and really helped ourselves for tomorrow. Yes. Okay. They gave our uh, draft pick of uh, Christian Derrissaw a B plus. All right. Uh, the pick of Najee Harris was a C plus. The pick of Amon Ra St. Brown, a C plus. The trade that we made with Buffalo was a B minus. Okay. The Josh Myers pick, a C plus. The Kerry Vincent pick, a C plus. The pick we made, or the trade that we made with the Packers, they gave a B minus. Fair enough. The Demetrius Taylor pick was a C plus. The Malcolm Kuntz pick was a C plus. And the trade that we made with the Carolina Panthers was a B. So we're gonna get like a B minus. So overall, our overall draft grade was a B. Hmm. Okay. We did all right. I thought we did. I don't think they. Well, uh, I've done this. I've done this a lot. I don't think they give you an A. Or B, I bet or anything. They're hard graders. They're, they don't give you anything above a C plus for taking a running back. They hate for taking running backs yeah. at any time. It's just an <laughs> analytics way of looking at things. Yeah. We got Najee Harris in the second round, though. Yeah. We yeah. also got picks. We got a fifth round pick from Buffalo, or third round pick from Buffalo, I should yeah. say. We got third from Buffalo. We got a fifth Packers. from Green Bay, and we got a four from Carolina. Wow. We had a three picks for three, like th- third, fourth, and fifth round picks. From yeah. uh, for for next year's draft. In addition to the comp picks, we're going to get. They're going to have like a dozen picks next year. Yeah. Before you do anything, and the nice thing about that too is the one aspect we haven't touched on is in week six you trade one of those fifths for a Nick Bennett. You know, yeah, you, that, you have a need. You know, right, oh, hey, you know? this guy got hurt. Okay, we can go get a guy and it won't kill us. You know, get a decent player. Um, so that's something that's always useful to have too. That extra mid round pick for. Those but type but Darisaw is potentially your starting left tackle. For the next 10 years. For the next 10 years. Yeah. Harris is your starting running back from day one. The second he walks on campus. Yeah. Uh, St. Brown is in your wide receiver mix. He absolutely is. And um, before you know it, you saw Juju come up for free agency. You're going to have guys coming up right. for free agency soon, yeah. you know. Uh, at the very least, Myers is your swing interior lineman. Yeah, with maybe more. Yeah. Uh, Vincent could be your starting slot if you're not able to do something there. And if he's not... He still gives you He's in the mix. Yeah. cornerback depth, which is right, right. Hayden premium. Hayden and Nelson aren't here forever. Uh, then you got Taylor and Coons on your defensive front that are, you know, kind of guys you mix in there and see what they got. Yeah, and Coons, you would imagine, would be special teams contributor from day one. And, you know, those last three might not be even active on game day. Who knows? But they all have uh, a path. You're adding competition to those rooms that. Yeah, yeah. You know. Talent and a path. And um, you're going to have a lot of picks to deal with that next year, too. Yeah. Well, interesting. I mean, Najee Harris in the second round is a pipe dream. <laughs> but that, if we replace that name with Javante Williams, it would be more believable and we'd be just as happy. Yeah. You know uh, they, I mean? That's the thing. They don't have Najee Harris rated as highly as – I mean, if you look mm-hmm. at their big board um, – They're going to kill running backs. I mean, that's why they're so low. You know, they, they're just – they're higher on – they like Javante Williams as much as I do. They do. They, they just do. don't like. They have a different feeling on. Like they got okay. They're they're top. They're they're big board here. They got Lawrence one, Zach Wilson two, Justin Fields three, Sewell four, Jamar Chase five, Micah Parsons six, Jalen Waddle seven, Devontae Smith eight, Kyle Pitts nine, Trey Lance ten, 
Quiddy Pay 11, Rashawn Slater 12, Caleb Farley 13, Barmore 14, mm. uh, Christian Derisaw 15, um, Patrick Sertain 16, Trevor Mooring 17, Rashad Bateman 18, Jeremiah Owosu Koromora 19, Jason Oa 20, Rondell Moore 21, mm. uh, Nick Bolton 22, Gregory Rousseau 23, JC Horn 24, Aziz Ojolari 25, um, 26, I mean, have a back, huh? 26 is Tevin Jenkins. You're not seeing any backs. No, here. right. Elijah Moore is 27. Makes sense. Uh, Jalen Phillips, 28. Asante Samuel Jr., 29. Elijah Vera Tucker, 30. Zavin Collins, 31. Kadarius Tony, 32. Mac Jones, 33. Dylan Raddins, 34. Wyatt Davis, 35. We still haven't gotten to a back. Yeah, they're going to be low. Samuel on, Cosme, yeah. 36. Alex Leatherwood, 37. Carlos Basham, 38. Travis ATN 39. That's the first back. That's the first back. Okay. Uh, then you got to go all the way down to. Whew, you don't see another back here. Well, I can do this a little differently. Say so Williams will be next and probably a um, if you And look the at, league might look at running backs that way and think. They've got tr- they've got Javante Williams 58. Wow. So you got you got ATN at 39, Williams at 58, and Najee Harris at 67. And then they have, Car- they have Michael Carter at 72. I don't think that's crazy. I just don't think Carter's for the Steelers. Here's the thing about Najee Harris, so the people really aren't talking about in Pittsburgh. They do have the ages listed here on these guys. He's 22.9. He turns 23 next month. Everyone thought ATN and Harris would come out last year, and he put a lot of he took a lot of tread off his yeah. tires in the meantime. ATN is 22. Mm-hmm. Uh, Javante Williams hasn't turned 21 yet. That's a big key, yeah. And he's been sharing time and... That's a nice part, perk. Um, I think you look at that two ways. If at any position, I want the younger guy that's just nearly as accomplished, that doesn't have as much damage, and that's especially true at running back. Or you could just say, what's the first contract going to give me, and then I'm going to throw him away. Anyway. Well, that's the thing. When you look at Harris, okay, if you sign him to that, that five-year deal, mm-hmm. he's 28 when he's coming when he's coming he off of that. might want the fifth year. He might yeah. sign it no matter what, yeah. especially if if you draft him with the intention of using him 300 touches a game or a year for four years in a row, you might say you might get four years out of him, and they might be great years, but then it's time to throw Where if, away. If you take a guy like Javante Williams, he's 26 coming off that first contract. Yeah, right, right. I mean, that's a big difference. That's a big difference. It yeah. is. So. No, it's another feather in Williams' cap. I mean, he's very attractive. Yeah, so. Anyways, that's going to do fun. it. Yeah, that's, that's, that's just well, a different, different look at it. Yeah, yeah. And, and, again, th- these are all guesses. Of course, of course. You know, be- people get all fired up whenever I do a, uh, whenever I do my my uh, mock drafts and stuff. They also list the snap counts on here, which is nice. Oh, I like that. Yeah. That's one of my favorite things about Pro Football Focus yeah. is finding snap counts. You know, I, real quick, I mean, all these mocks, you can critique and be like, that guy's never going to be there. But then every time there's a real draft, you're like, I can't believe that. I can't believe a guy's available. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's just so many. There's only 32 <laughs> spots in the first round. You know yeah. I mean, it's it's just math. Yeah. And, you know, realistically, again, I got into this conversation, um, you know, well, the Steelers had a first-round grade on Mason Rudolph. Okay. But they didn't take him in the first round. They didn't take him in the first round. And that also <laughs> doesn't mean that they had a top 15 pick. Right, there are first round grades, and there, you know, and then you're, you, you know, then there's that ambiguous. Then there's that of, right. f- first, second round. You'll see that in a lot of places where he, where they got a one slash two beside their name. Right, right. They could go anywhere in that in that next sixty picks, and nobody would be surprised. I mean, how many times have we said most drafts have fifteen ish no brainer first round picks? I bet Mason wasn't one of those. 
Right. And if he's in that next group, okay, maybe he was then you had about a, 32 guys on yeah. the board. We, know, he was, they weren't lying. Yeah, he was, you know, if, if these 20 guys weren't there, then maybe we would take Mason Rudolph there. Well, then they get to the third round, and he's still there. Right, right, right. You right, know, right. so anyways. But that's going to do it for our show today. So for my partner, Matt Williamson, for Jacob Recht here on site, uh, we want to thank uh, uh, you for listening to this yes. edition of The Drive on Steelers Nation Radio.